Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Let's give the Lord some praise, amen, and pa- Pastor Joe Weininger as he comes up, amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. Hallelujah. You know, I've been, uh, man, when you sent the invitation and then the uh, little flyer about crossover, man, that was back in March, I think it's been. So, you know, when you uh, are invited to come minister, you're, you're trying to get the mind of God. You're wanting to know, well, Lord, what do you want to say? What would you want to speak to these people that have come? That's what you want to do. And so I, I feel, you know, I've been carrying this thing, and then I'm, I'm ready to go. I feel like this horse wanting to get out of the chute, you know. That's why I'm just turn me loose. Would you just please, please turn me loose? It's one of my favorite places uh, because it is a well, but it's it's uh, where you can come and get a good drink. Uh, some of you guys may have never been into bars, but uh, I've been told that many times that you, you would have a favorite. Yeah, 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 heard about them. Yeah, read about them and uh, saw the pictures. And some bars were okay, but then you always had a favorite one. You always had one that you knew you'd go in, you know, and it was like, like home in a way. Well, uh, this church, uh, man, because I've, I've, I must have been here from the beginning almost, I feel like. And I've always felt that because of being in Las Vegas, that this place was going to be a place that attracts people. They're not attracted to religion, but they're attracted to the life and the lights and the well-served drinks and it's a great watering hole. And so God has, over the years, been building upon that. He's step by step, line by line, precept by precept. God builds and brings people to destiny. And so even the theme of this conference, and, and it's been all year, Pastor, you run this theme, not just for their conference, but for all year of crossing over. I want to uh, take that thought, and as I have really prayed and pondered about this for, for a long, long time, it was like, uh, I, I want to, I'll just share with, okay, because I know there's great preaching and there's going to be a wonderful ministry throughout this weekend, but uh, we need to cross over to get back. And uh, I want to just take that thought. And I want to uh, speak to you a couple things that the Lord has put upon my heart. And one thing is, is that many of us, I'm included, I'm not trying to say I'm up here and pointing down, but we live our Christian life by miracles. We walk by miracles instead of walking by faith. There's a great difference between having a miracle, and walking by faith. He never told us to walk by miracles. He told us to walk by faith. And so, um, because it seems like in our life, 
we go along a certain way and then we get into a crisis and we're needing God to do a miracle. And countless numbers of time we can point back in our life and point to these miracles that he's done. And oh man, miracle, praise God. And you go along a little bit further and you need another miracle. God never intended us as believers, as his sons, daughters of God, to need miracles. We're to work miracles. We're not to need them. You and I are called to work them. And we're in an age that desperately need men and women that know how to work miracles. So uh, in that thinking, um, begin to just think about that. Think about that in your life, that we're called to walk by faith, not by miracles. If you need a miracle tonight, uh, we'll all believe God and believe for a miracle. We, I'm not saying that it's wrong, but the Lord is trying to get us to cross over, as it were, to another realm that actually we possess already. We feel like we need something and we're wanting God to do something and give us something. And in reality, he's already given it to you. Uh, I heard one man describe, it was a great conference he had, and, and he talked about one that was talking about that the presence of God comes and you, you're aware of his presence, but then you're not aware of it when he leaves. As I pondered that and began to think about it, I said, that, that's really not true. Because we're in an age where the presence of God doesn't come and just doesn't leave. He said, I'll always be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I think the proper approach is, is have, do I see him or do I not see him? Am I aware of him or am I not aware of him? You and I are temples of the Holy Ghost. So he's, I'm a temple. I actually carry the presence of God. If you need a miracle, he's the miracle worker. Well, he's right here. So we have to learn how to allow this power that we possess, this treasure in earthen vessels, how I can tap that and serve it to someone else. To be able to give life, receive life. It's it, Jesus would walk around in a crowd, and, and one time somebody reached out and touched him. We know the story, and he stopped. He was touched by all kinds of people, but somebody touched him and pulled life from him. He stopped, and he said, somebody's touched me. He said, I, I felt the virtue. Uh, the one translation is power, but it's really virtue. I felt life leave me, and that life was able to heal and work the miracle in that woman that needed one. So you and I possess that same life. You don't need to, when you said, Jesus, come in my life, and he forgave you of sins, he, that forgiveness paved the way so that the life of God, the power, the life, his life, God's life, was able to fill my life. Now I'm a carrier of that life. You are a carrier of that life. The life does not come from a title. I'm pastor or apostle or prophet. The title's nice, but that isn't the source of the life. The life is Christ in you, the hope of glory, hope, expectancy of the glory of God to come out. I want to introduce Larry Vivian Vogel, this, this couple. Would you just stand? I know they're shaking their heads. Just, just come on and stand, Larry Vivian. This, I invited them. <laughs> Amen. 
This is a fine couple. This couple are veterans in the in the battle of the cross. Uh, I've known them now for about six weeks. <laughs> Forty-five years. I, I met them. Becky and I went to Pueblo and uh, met them there. Uh, they got married. I was able to perform the marriage, and we have uh, been together for years, and I fought battles together, and I told them about this conference and, and invited them, and they, they came. And so I, I just can't, I'm just really glad that they're here. And th- this couple really uh, understand this principle because they have a beautiful ministry and uh, uh, a lot of miracles and real deliverances. And when you, amen, when you operate in that, you, you just attract a lot of trouble. That's just the way it is, you know. You, you just can't get out of this without having a little bit of trouble. <laughs> and uh, everybody, you know, Lord, let me heal the sick and raise the dead, but no trouble. Yeah, well, good luck. And so, but they have this uh, a beautiful ministry, and they have a great church in Golden Shores. Amen. Golden Shores. Beautiful place. All right. Got your Bible? You want me to pull, pull these yeah. cameras? You got it? Okay, good. I'm glad you got my good side. <laughs> Mark chapter 5. Let's turn there. Okay, amen. I speak peace to you. May the peace of God come upon your life. Come on, receive his peace. I speak peace to you. The Lord will uh, show me uh, pictures at times, and some of you are like a fish caught, and you got a hook in your mouth, and you're just flapping on the on the deck. Don't I'm not going to call you out. He didn't show me who it is, but but some of you got some of you. If you feel the witness on it, just you know, say, Lord, speaking to me. So you you got a hook, and you're. You're flapping, and you can't get the hook out of your mouth. You're wanting to. You're trying to get that hook because that hook snags you. For you to cross over, you're snagged. Every time you make a, you're snagged. You're just caught by this thing, and, and, you, and you're just, just like that fish. I don't know. I've, I fish a little bit. I'm not a fisherman. I just fish once in a while. And when you catch a fish, you got that hook down there, and you're trying to get that hook out. And if that fish keeps flapping, you want to grab the tail and just bang, just knock it out. And so peace, peace of God, let the peace of God abide. Because you're going to calm down, and before you know it, God can come in and remove that hook. That's why he would always speak peace first. And he sent the disciples out, and he says, wherever you go, speak peace to that house. Because you have to have that peace. So receive. Uh, Pastor mentioned that are you ready to receive? Well, receive. You have to know how to receive. You have to allow his peace to settle. All the problems you're worried about, all those issues, give them to God. They're in the hands of God. Don't worry about it. Worry is not a fruit of the Spirit. Worry is not a a characteristic mark of being a spiritual person. No, that worry will rob you and you're hooked. You cannot go further without dealing with that worry. You have to deal with it because it's a stopper. It's a thing that will choke out the Word of God. 
It's the very thing that will stop you. As uh, Pastor mentioned, well, let's, let's get ready. We're going to cross over. Well, worry is an issue. You have to uh, uh, deal with that. You can't just, oh, well, I just worry. No, 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 no. You have to let the peace of God abide. And the way you allow that is when you pray, you believe, right? So you pray, and now it's in the hands of God, and I don't have to worry about it. Think on these things. I quit thinking then upon that worry thing. I allow his peace to abide upon me. Hooks removed, and you can hear clearer. So I speak peace to you. Amen. Amen. Let it settle. Let it settle in. Peace is a powerful presence and force of God that defeats the devil. It is a weapon. The enemy is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He devours with worry. He chews up, devours, he steals, and he comes with this worry. Quit watching the TV too much. Don't, don't, uh, the news on TV, it doesn't matter what channel, it's all lies. Watch it to be entertained. Laugh, but it ain't the truth. Don't, don't feed your mind. Don't feed your mind with these things because all it does is produces fear. Come on, you fish. Let him take that hook out. Let him take that hook. Just let that peace of God, his presence. Amen. You have to allow that. This world is chaos, folks. Chaos. We need to be able to have people to step into the chaos and speak peace, work the miracle, bring the healing, bring a good word from God comes out of peace. Hallelujah. Peace. Peace to you. I speak peace. Peace. Shalom. The power, the authority of God that takes confusion and disorder out of your life. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Catching it. Peace. <laughs> Peace, brother. <laughs> Amen. Peace. Take a deep breath. Take that peace of God. You'll be all right. God's in control. But he's wanting some response from us. He's, he's in control in a certain way, but if we keep worrying and feeding that worry, you get stuck. Doesn't matter. Get stuck. Peace. Peace. Find Mark chapter 4. Did you find it? You there? Okay, let's read this. This is a familiar story. I've really been thinking a lot about this. And before this story, Jesus has taught all day long, okay, just he's having a, a great service, and it's from morning to evening, all day. His services weren't short. 
all day long. He's been teaching parables one after another. And then it says on the same day, same day, the same day he was teaching. When evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. So he's telling the disciples, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. I want to touch just a couple things, okay, to, uh, uh, that you can meditate on later. Okay, he, he says, you cross over. We're going to go over on the other side. And they had to leave the multitudes. There's something about multitudes. You have to get away from multitudes. If you begin to uh, have a sense of loneliness, you feel lonely, you feel alone, don't, don't oppose that. Don't think that, that something's wrong with you. Don't turn that into accusing. No one loved me. No one loved me. No, 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 no. He's got to pull you away from multitudes. We gather, true, but there's something about being with a multitude. Quit being a multitude hearer. Quit being a multitude speaker. You're just saying what multitudes say. You're just thinking like the multitude. You're thinking like the crowd. You're thinking like the mob. You're going to have to get away from that. You've got to leave the multitudes. And he says, let us cross over to the other side. And it's interesting that they took him along in the boat as he was. How was he? That's interesting to me. The Bible never wastes words, folks. When you read the Bible, every word is important. And as you're reading the, the Bible, you're just reading the Scripture, and all of a sudden something just kind of leaps out at you, don't just keep reading. Stop right there. Stop. And say, Lord, as he was, well, wh why is that there? How was he? Who was he? It's important, as he was. As he was, never changes. He was him in the boat. He was him in the storm. He was him on the other side. The circumstances did not change who he was. He's constant. He's that you and I are becoming constant. This uh, up one day, down the next. In church Sunday, never see us for six weeks. That stops. Constant, constant. If you want to ride that boat, that ain't the boat he's in. Now I know what it's like. You got a lot of self pity working there. You got you're you're nursing your problems. You're nursing your cares. You won't get rid of them. So you're in one day, and when you're missing, then when you come back, everybody's paying attention. You like that? That's got to stop. Or you're gonna just be left over there. You're gonna be in these little boats. It says other little boats were also with them. What happened to them? They I don't. They're gone. I asked, I said, Lord, what happened to them? He said, well, I don't know. They're, they're with me for a little bit, and then they're gone. <laughs> so then it says, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care? See, do you not care? There's that word care. Don't you care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, what did he say? He said, peace to the weather. He said, peace to the storm. Jesus was a voice of peace. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Why are you so fearful? 
How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who can this be as he was? Who was he as he was? Now they're saying, Who, who is this man? Because when he was asleep, they called him teacher. Teacher, don't you care? They saw Jesus as a great teacher. That's what he had been doing all day long. He was bringing words and, and, and parables and stories, folks. They were amazed with his teaching. And so naturally they were saying, he's a teacher. He's a great teacher, but he's more than a teacher. He was someone that they couldn't even recognize. They didn't even, wow, who is this man that is with us that even the winds and the sea obey him? Then it goes and says, then they came to the other side. What was on the other side? We've read the story. What was on the other side? <laughs> Big fat devil. See, we think the other side is just going to be a, a paradise. No, you're going to face some devils. <laughs> Pastor, we might have lost some folks right there. I don't know. It, it, you know, it's not Fantasy Island we're crossing over to, folks. We're, we're to cross over onto the enemy's camp. It's true. It is true. This world needs us. So Jesus even prayed. He said, Father, don't take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. You mean there's an evil one around here? <laughs> see, see, we, we get the idea that, oh, if I cross over, I'll have all the money and all the fame and all the fortune I need. No, getting over to the other side is so you can get onto the enemy's camp and do him damage. Now, we used to sing that song, going to the enemy's camp and take back. Well, that song, that, that was a nice tune, but it had no truth to it. There's just flat hell over there. And you begin to face something that needs to be overcome, needs to be conquered. Need you conquer. You go over there and begin to deal with that very thing that's stopping communities and robbing and, and, and ripping off our children and destroying neighborhoods. We can't look to the government. You think the government's going to answer that, folks? You think they're going to be the answer? It don't matter who's in the White House. It does not matter. Man, thank you, man, woman, or an unknown. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. They cannot do what you and I can do. Amen. 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 So I, I, I need, I said, Lord, Lord I, okay, Lord, I, on the other side is this gathering demoniac that likes to live in. In the cemetery and have people just tie him up and then he breaks the chains and scares everybody and just terrifies the whole neighborhood. Well, Jesus crossed over to the other side to get to that guy and he dealt with them. And he cast those demons out of them and killed some pigs and so on. We know the story. But then it does say in chapter 5 a little bit further, it says down there in verse uh, 21, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a 
great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. There's multitudes. So he, he crosses over with the disciples. On the way over, the disciples are snagged. They're snagged. Because they are afraid and they have no faith. Jesus said, you have no faith. He didn't say you have little faith. He said, you have no faith. I said, Lord, they, I'm sure they had a little bit. <laughs> Cut them some slack. This is a bad storm. We need a miracle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's asleep. Jesus didn't need any miracle. So I have to learn to cross over to get to the side when a storm comes up that I can sleep, that I can remain the same, that I can be steady and not fall apart and, uh, uh, you know, put it on line. to 5,000 people that my dog's missing. And I'm not against that. Please, I'm not trying to offend anybody because when a dog's missing, it's, you'd rather have a kid missing maybe. I, sometimes those dogs are precious. I know it's cool. I've, I've been around. I've been around. I've been around when, when, well, never mind, never mind. See, I'm getting in trouble. Got to, I got to get going. Okay, brother, just keep going. Keep going to the other side. Get on the other side. So he asked them two questions. Why are you afraid? Well, there's a storm. What do you mean? We are bailing water, and you're... Asleep? Don't you care? See, fear, he, this is, this, this is tough discipleship right here. He's in the middle of a storm that looks like you're going to drown. It is a life taker storm. And he says, why are you afraid? Many times he'll ask me the same thing. I I've got issues going on and uh, things happening, and I, I begin to feel that anxiety and that fear. And I'm wanting Jesus to come and pat me on the back, and I want him to massage me a little bit, and I want him to, you know, work a miracle and bring some money into the envelope or whatever the case may be. But he'll come by and says, why are you afraid? And the natural response is, 
Don't you care? Have you taken a look lately? And then after that question, he says, why is it you have no faith? Why don't we have faith? Where does faith come from? How do you get faith? Do you know how faith comes? It, it's, it, it's, it's somewhere, it has to come from somewhere to us. They were taught by Jesus all day long. He is the master teacher. He, he's the cream of the crop. He is the best. I mean, Jesus himself. He, Jesus is teaching all day long, and they have zero faith. We can come to church one Sunday after another, after another, after another, and after another, and hear Pastor preach and Pastor Arts close to Jesus. <laughs> hear the Word of God. We can sing and we can dance and we can clap and walk out with zero faith. And we go outside, and we need a miracle. When you come to church, what do you come for? <laughs> let's uh, let's move on. All right. Right, because we gotta we gotta look at this, and then I'm gonna we got more preaching. Go to First Thessalonians. I want you to really see this because this really began to help me. Really be okay, Lord. But all right, I have no faith. Why don't I have any faith? He wants an answer. What? Come on, come on. You don't have any faith. Why not? Why don't you have any faith? All right. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse... Let's go to verse 2. We give thanks to God. Are you there? I like it. Or, or they got it up. You got it up. Brandon, there you go. Okay. Remembering without ceasing <laughs> your work of faith. Verse 3. Work of faith. Say work of faith. Labor of and patience of hope, all right? Work of, labor of, and patience of, all right. The three things, what three things? Faith, hope, love. The greatest of these is love. You got it? Okay, then go to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. 
page 1,152. <laughs> if you really have a good Bible. Okay. <laughs> to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Wow. We understand that the golden lampstands is a symbol of the church, right? It's a lampstand. And a lampstand, it holds the light, holds the oil, lampstand. So he walks in the midst of the church. He's here today. He's walking around. Oh, man, he makes me... Don't you feel that? See, when you start believing this stuff, it messes with you. In the school I was in, in grade school, which was a Catholic school, uh, the nuns would walk through the aisles. Oh, God, you could feel it. <laughs> and it was not Jesus. It was... <laughs> okay. I know I messed you up there. So anyway, Jesus is walking around the church today. He's, he's moving down the aisles, walking around, looking. And you know why? Because he loves you. He, it's a walk of love. He just likes to get close. He's so close. He's inside me. But then he says, when you gather together and you form this community, I'll walk right in the middle of it. And he, and he knows. He says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and then you cannot bear those who are evil. Isn't that interesting? Do you see something missing there? I know your work of, what did he say in Thessalonians? Work of faith and your labor of and your hope of patience. It's not there. What happened? Where'd it go? Well, it's, he's, he's right in the middle of it. He loves them. And he's really commending them. He says, I know your works and your labor and your patience. You cannot bear those who are evil. You have tasted or tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. You have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. That's a, that's a good community there. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. They left something. They left their first love. That first love is not um, like when I first got saved. It, it's a, a love that is supreme. Their love is all, has all kinds of levels. You love your dog. You love your child. I hope your ch you love your child a little bit more than the dog. That can be debatable. You, you, you love your spouse. You love your mom and dad. But the church, when it was birthed and began to have the community formed as born-again believers, they loved one another. And they couldn't describe it, the society that they were in. They, they said, what kind of people are they? So they actually invented the word to describe the love that they had towards one another. It was a supreme love. It was so high. It was so elevated. 
And of course, we later, centuries later, have even uh, somewhat a better understanding of it. I don't know as far as the practice of it, but we understand that word agape. We understand that John, in his letter later that he wrote, he said that God is light and God is love. If you communicate, well, who is God? You say love. But it's not this society's love. It's not, you're not going to find it in a poem or a song. It's not this love you see on TV. It's not, it's not that romanticized, fuzzy, wuzzy love. It was a love that lays down a life. It's a love that says, I'm concerned for you more than myself. It's a love that is so high. It's so powerful. And so he says, you have left your first love. Now, you can't leave something unless you had it first. You, you already have something, but you've left it. It isn't that I need that love. You, you have that love. And he says that you have left it. And he gives us instructions. He says, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. So, folks, this love, work of faith, and labor of love, and the patience of hope, I can actually lose those forces. Faith and love and hope cannot be seen. They are the spiritual. They're, they're the uh, invisible power of God and who he is. You see, we're the surface. We see the surface, but I'm trying to go underground. I'm trying to get us to contemplate the invisible because it's the faith, love, and hope that drive us, that motivate us, that moves us to a place uh, that is tied into this first love. He says, you have left your first love. The, the left or fallen is a word that doesn't mean that you just wake up one day and decide, well, I'm not going to love anybody anymore. It's a gradual shifting. It's a blowing away from the course. Folks, because as believers, and all of you are this way, you do work for God. You labor. You have patience. But see, if we are not careful, we begin to drift away from the very thing that saved us, from the very love of God that penetrated our heart, that grabbed us. How did that happen? See, it's tied into this beautiful letter that was written to the Ephesian church. He said that you have drifted away. It's like an airplane that's flying. It constantly has to look at its, uh, uh, the, the guides on his instruments because if he's not careful, he slowly drifts and he misses the mark. He gets off of course because of the wind. Uh, I've noticed that in the ocean when we go and the kids are playing, they run right out where we're at in front of us, but before long, they're way down the beach because they catch a current and it, and it pulls them away. They don't even notice it until someone comes and yells, come back, come back, come back. And so Jesus is in this church and he says, come back here, come back here, cross over. You, you, you have my love, but you've drifted away from it. You, you, you've drifted away from this. 
At the very end of that letter, he says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You see, how does faith come? It comes by hearing. It comes by listening. So when I come to church, I have to really focus on listening. I can't get just caught up by the 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 surface the songs man i was moved and, and it's true that first song man that 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 really does flat move me but i can't just be moved by a music i have to be moved by the invisible i have to be moved by that unknown quality that unknown force that unknown person in whom we call God or whom we call Jesus or the Holy Spirit that we're baptized in. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit pours his love into your heart. He pours it into your heart. You are filled with the love of God, but because of the work and the labor and the patience that you come under, you begin to drift away from that and your hearing begins to go dull. Oh, I've heard that, sir. I've read that passage. I've just, oh, the longer you're saved, I've been saved for, man, near 50 years. Folks, I've been saved that long. It is harder for me to listen than it was when I first got saved because I never heard it before. I was captivated. And oh, Simpkins witnessed to me, but it wasn't his voice. It was the voice of man. It was the voice of God who loved me. And that voice grabbed me. That voice penetrated my sin in darkness. I said, whoa, whoa. And I, I was listening to Ron, but I, it was his words, his voice. But oh, there was a voice behind that voice. And that voice is what got me. How does faith come? It comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So Jesus is rebuking the disciples. He says, where is your faith? I've taught you all day long and weren't you listening? And the answer to that is no. Because if I have no faith, then I have not been listening. Because if I would listen, if I would hear what the Spirit says to the churches, I will get back on course. And he says, remember, there's something about that memory. Remember the depth of that voice. Remember the one that called you out of sin into the light, uh, into his love. Remember what it sounded like. Uh, and every time you hear his voice, folks, uh, it is like home. It is like, oh, you are drawn to that voice. Uh, you are drawn. Uh, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Oh, yes, yes. Anybody in this room can call me on the phone, and I'll answer you. But when Becky calls, whole different level of listening. Hmm, what you doing, baby? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, brother, turn it up. Was someone else on the other line? Nope. It was the Pope, but I don't care. I'm listening to you. That, folks, cannot be lost. I beseech you today. I beg of you. I plead with you to listen to the voice. And you cannot do that with the multitudes. He will not compete with voices. He is God. 
Do you realize when he speaks, it creates? Oh, oh, Lord. I live by the word that proceeds from the Father. And Jesus whooped the devil right with that. Whooped him. Slapped that thing down. I don't live by bread alone. Yes, I'm going to have the donuts. Thank God for donuts, man. Hot coffee, Pastor. Amen. You know how to get us back. That's all strategy right there. He didn't offer carrots and some kind of dip. Donuts, hot coffee. We'll be here. We do as pastors and leaders, we try to do everything to get people. We will have the biggest hot dog tomorrow in church. You can't miss it. Oh, no. We have to be, we have to be people that are on that side. See, you already have that love. And it's so easy. It's so easy. Even as I've been preaching the Lord, you, you, felt, you, you feel that, right? You know. You, that's His Spirit. That is God that wants to have some time and to talk with you and to share with you His plan for your life, plans for your future, plans for the church, plans for the city, plans for your kids. You don't have time to worry. And when that storm comes up, don't accuse them. Say, Lord, there's a storm. What do you got to say about it? He has to have you do this because we need your prayers. This city is counting on men and women that know how to pray. And the way you learn how to pray is that you hear him. You get filled with the Holy Spirit. You begin to speak in tongues. And you begin to listen to his voice. Lord, how do you say, what is your will about this situation? And then you begin to speak into that situation. When Jesus got up from sleeping, he didn't get a bucket and start bailing water. He didn't take an oar and help him row. He didn't set up a sail. He said, he just spoke. He just spoke. You and I have to speak the word of God as we have heard him speak to us. And you begin then to walk by faith, not just by miracles. And then you go into any situation you find yourself in and you pause and you let peace come on you. You have to let that peace abide upon. Don't be quick to pray and get out. Let that peace get on you. Because there's some bad storms. He's good. He'll take us into some real bad places, folks, because he needs us. He needs us to be the men and women, not children anymore. It's time to cross out of the nursery, get out of the baby pool, get into the deep end. However you want to say it, folks, uh, I want to become a man or a woman that works miracles instead of needing them. I want to be a man or a woman that will walk by faith and not the need of miracles. Lord, that you would teach us, that you would show us. There is such great love that he has for us. He loves us so much. He is not, he is just so excited. There's such an excitement in the heart of God because it is near his return. But before that, folks, we owe this generation the presence of God. We owe it to them. 
We owe it to them to let them see a man or a woman lay their hand on somebody and they get well. We need men and women that can begin to pray and bring provision to those that need provision. Jesus said that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Is the Spirit of the Lord upon you? This whole church, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Christ, that anointing is upon you. And it's upon you to preach the gospel to the poor. It is upon you to open up the prison doors. It is upon you to open up the blind eye. It is upon you to heal the brokenhearted and declare the year of Jubilee. It is upon you. That anointing of God is upon you. Hallelujah. Let us cross over to get back to the reality of who we are and what you are. You are a package of his power and of his life. You have the spirit of God that is within you and it is wanting to get out of inside you out and it does that through your mouth. Quit talking death and speak life. Speak life. I would like you to stand to your feet this evening. There's people here today that maybe you've never accepted Jesus. Well, you know by now, I ain't talking about religion. I ain't talking about signing some kind of law. I'm not talking about turning over a leaf. I'm talking about you deciding to open up your heart to the King of Kings. He's King. He's King. Jesus is King.